and we are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Hecna, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your lovely dungeon master, Mikey, and you can follow me on my personal socials at PopCultureGeek, or you can collectively follow everyone here at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure that you give us a follow to stay up to date on all the podcasts that we got going on, which is a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Seven actual play podcasts, as well as a couple other pop culture podcasts, so there's a little something for everyone. I am super excited to be here tonight to run my amazing cast of players through tonight's adventure. So we're going to go around real quick and we're going to have everyone introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they got going on and who they are playing as tonight. Good evening, folks. It is about two in the morning, three almost, and I'm uh, laying here on my couch. I'm looking forward to record this episode. As per usual, you can find me on Twitter at uh, my wrestling uh, handle, Mickey Marble, uh, at Marble on TikTok, at Spock Ranger on TikTok, Marble on Instagram as well. So yeah, I will, also, I will also be playing uh, our good friend, Moldy Vomit, our intrepid. I'm Echo, your wonderful Echo of a shard that is in all the all these shows at some point. Welcome to the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, everyone. Hope you enjoy this heck no one. We also have the Academy, Knights of Pain Town, Friday Night Fights. I don't know why that took me so long to think of, but yeah, that ho- those are the three I'm currently in. Hope you enjoy them all. Goodbye, everyone. Whee! And can you tell the lovely folks who you are playing as tonight? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am playing Nicholas Heisenberg. The Steel Stringer. Thank you, D&D Wiki. This is going to be an interesting build. Hello, it's Foriana. You can find me at TikTok, or on TikTok, that is to say, at Foriana. And I am playing Belladonna Greenhill, our uh, halfling trickster cleric. Hello, hi, and good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining another episode of the D&D by Tribe Productions' uh, rendition of Hecna. Oh my god, if you guys are just binge listening to our other podcast, it's probably only been a couple minutes, but for us, it's been over a week, so I'm really excited. I also want to put out there that if anybody's listening who does artwork or animation, please go listen to the other podcast, because we have some very memorable moments we need animated. But uh, anyways, seriously. You can go and follow me on TikTok at MGPreacher. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at MGPreacherMark2. And tonight, I will be playing our party's gunslinger, Max Mouse. Hello, I'm Shane. I am happy to be here. And you can find me on TikTok at ShortbeardTheBard, where I talk about D&D and a bunch of other nerdy stuff. I'm currently doing a whole series talking about my favorite non-D&D TRPG, Masks a New Generation. And here on this wonderful podcast, I will be playing Revy, a bugbear paladin who has vowed to become the world's greatest... I am so excited, I can't wait. (laughs) Unfortunately, we are down one player for 
tonight. Our wonderful player, Chris, who plays our amazing rogue, is unfortunately not here, but you can go ahead and follow him on TikTok at Cosmos Prefect. As well, and check out his link tree with all sorts of stuff he's got going on too. But with introductions out of the way, let's dive into what happened last time we were here. Previously on Hecna, the party found themselves talking to one of the Revelia residents, Conrad, as he was giving them the lowdown exactly as to how dangerous the Revelia actually was. Before getting into too much detail, the party's conversation was interrupted when the parade came strolling down the main way as the party witnessed a whole plethora of dancers and carnival acts, as well as a giant Antillion trapped inside a cage with the dancers going around it. Some of our players got blinded by the moonlight, some were distracted by other things, but some of our party was able to make the deduction that based on what they were seeing, things aren't as cracked up as it to be, as some of the performers were seen just with tears streaming down their face, as well as a facade of fake happiness and joyous attitude plastered on their stretched faces. Before any more of this could be deduced, Conrad explained that it is unsafe to talk in their current location and should they want to discuss more and learn more about the ins and outs of the Revelia, they would need to go find him at the Lost and Found. So promptly after his leave, Belladonna, our cleric, decided with turkey leg in hand, she made her exit out of the tent when she ran into Pinky, the clown who was on her unicycle. After having a lovely conversation and the rest of the party making introductions to her, they were also introduced to Mapview, the sentient map who would be their guide to all things of the Revelia. They learned from both Mapview and Pinky that the Revelia is all sorts of fun and shenanigans, but that their first stop should be to go grab their tickets at the ticket booth, which is their currency for this entire world. After standing in line and some failed attempts at stealing food from Belladonna's magical lunchbox, our party met with another awakened marionette who gave them not only their tickets for the, but also told them that they could earn more by doing different jobs and requests from the different revelers around. And it so happened that she sent them to their first potential client, a one Ramona who is the owner and the person running the hostile, ooh, excuse me, the hostel. <laughs> Upon arriving at the hostel, they found it to be in a meh, dilapidated state. And before any discussions could be further, the door slightly ajar. Inside, they heard a potential eh, screaming and moaning coming from inside. So that is where we're going to pick up. So currently, all of you guys are outside of the hostel and you just have heard someone screaming from the inside. The door is slightly ajar with the neon sign saying open, kind of flickering with some of the letters either not turning on or flickering on and off. 
And once again, the sign for the hostile, someone wrote the hostile, and then it's crossed out like a giant red marker and written shoddedly underneath it is the hostile. So for all intents and purposes, welcome to the hostel. And all of you are on the outside. I'm certainly going in. Don't get murdered. I'm going with the big guy. I love I'm it. I'm going in with the big bear. I'm, I'm going <laughs> in with the... I'm going in too, because everyone's going in there, apparently. Come on, Nick. Or someone could be in trouble. I don't want to be that guy, but it seems like this place might be hostile. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what if we go in there? We're gonna see a murder. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait. Okay, so. Or we're gonna prevent one. That is true. <laughs> okay, so all of you start to make your way in. Of course, Team Little Big, as I have dubbed them, <laughs> is leading the charge with everyone else following closely behind them. Okay, so as you step into this hostel. You step into the dim lobby and it is lit by the lanterns plastered on the wall that are turned to the lowest setting. The purple velvet carpeted floor as you walk in is noticeably covered with smashed pieces of candy and remnants of different costumes left behind by former residents. Not too far off across the room from you as you enter is a wooden counter and behind that counter is another awakened marionette. This time, she has a white ceramic face with short, dark hair that kind of curls underneath her chin. As you walk in and you take in the see that the marionette is clutching her head and she cries, Oh, please, make it stop. I can't take it anymore. I can't take any more guests until you make it stop. And as you take in that phrase, once again, you hear a shrieking and howling emitting from somewhere in the hostile. And just in a distance, help, I can't get out of here. As you hear a voice shout, followed by a pounding sound like someone's banging on something. Where's that coming from? I would like to cast prestidigitation. Does prestidigitation actually make things louder? I believe that's thaumaturgy. Yeah, that's thaumaturgy. Prestidigitation is more of making things more sparkly and magical. Oh, and I was good. Just for show. Thaumaturgy is the one that makes things louder. Oh, I was, I was gonna, gonna, I'm going to do that anyways, but that's a fee. So, as you guys, specifically, as you, Revy, said, that you just see the marionette from behind the wooden counter just brief moment just takes a look at all of you and then perches right up and runs as quickly as she can over oh thank heavens you're here please tell me you're here to stop that incessant screaming sure happy to help oh you have no idea you would be such a help and surprisingly as even though she is an awakened marionette somehow she looks like she has bags underneath her eyes <laughs> and she's like Welcome to the hostel. Oh, um, sorry. As she just straightens her hat and brushes off her uh, uniform. Where are my manners? My name is Ramona, and I am the proprietor of this hostile. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. My name is Revy. This here's uh, Belladonna. So he points up to his shoulder. How you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you, 
Both. And who are you, lovely people, as she looks behind everyone else? My name's Max. Pleasure to meet you. Nicholas, pleasure to meet you. Moldy bumped. <laughs> the Bard. Oh, interesting. As she surveys the whole lot of you, she looks around and says, Like I said, I am so happy you're here. Where did I leave it? As she's searching around. I had a pad, a notepad here somewhere. And as she's like turning around, looking herself that in her back pocket, you see a notepad kind of just briefly sticking out of it. Now, where did I leave that thing? As she's like getting now looking on the floor, looking behind I, the counter. I recommend checking your po pockets. My pocket? Now, why would... And then she puts her hand in the back pocket. Ah, here we go. Sorry, I need this notepad. I tend to be forgetful of a lot of things, so let me write this down. As she gets her pencil from her ear and writes everyone's name down. Okay. We got the big one. We got the small one. We got the one with gun, question mark. The one that has strings. And the bard. Okay, I think we got it. As she puts it back in her pack pocket. Anywho. So, like I said, my name is Ramona. I am the proprietor of this hostel. And I could probably use your help if you're willing to hear me out. But I'm certainly up to hear her out. Main luck. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. Where do I begin? Okay. So... Probably at the start. That would probably be a good idea, yes. Okay. So... In the Revelia, most people tend to just sleep wherever, but this is one of the few properties at the Revelia where anyone can come and stay the night and have room while they explore the amazingness that is the Revelia. Of course, with a little bit of a fee. So think of this hostel as a... Eh, just as that. It's a hostel. You just pay. Each night, you guys get to free beds and free rooms with that price as well as some meals, though most of them consist of the diet of sugary sweets and all kinds of other things that I can manage to scrape up around here. But we don't worry too much about that. But anyways, on to why I need some help. And she looks around a little bit. I don't want to say this out loud and just... I don't want this to get out, but I may or may not have lost one of the rooms here, and I can't seem to remember where I put it as she's tapping her fingers and looking away as she's saying this to you all. Nicholas is about to say something, and then then goes and then he doesn't say anything. It's like, ah, no. It certainly does seem to be a big trouble. Yeah, it... Specifically, it wouldn't normally be a problem, but... And she looks around a little bit. It's tense. The room that I lost is one of our more luxury rooms for people to stay in. Personally, I would don't like it, but to each their own. But I don't remember where I put it. And I need to find it. Also, in addition to losing the room, as you heard from the scream, we seem to be having a little bit of a ghost problem. 
Are you sure it's not just the person who's trapped in the room? That's what I initially thought, but I checked the ledger and currently no one's staying here. So it won't happen to be a spoiler. Oh no, of course not. Maybe? I don't know. No. Yes, maybe. As she's scratching her head, getting lost in thought. I'm pretty and she keeps thinking to herself, anyways. I honestly can't remember, but according to the ledger I have, there's no one currently staying here, but I can't find room 9, and I don't know where this voice is coming from, so I need help. Because I want this to be solved as quick as possible, that way I can make sure that future guests don't have to worry too much about it. And of course, there is a reward if should you help me complete this task. If you are able to find room 9, as well as the source of what is going on with all this, I can't give you free room, but I can offer a discount to you all for the, your entire stay here in the Revelia. And of course, I could give you any information that you might need, given if I can remember it, as she looks off into the distance. But anyways, what I'm asking is I need your help exploring and trying to help me find room 9 of where I put it last as well as figure out the source and take care of whatever it is that excessive screaming is and as she finishes that sentence once again somewhere in the distance of the hostile who's here help it's kind of getting cramped in here I don't like it and Ramona's just if she can willfully crack her ceramic skin, she would. <laughs> but she's like, it's getting on my nerves. I can't sleep. I haven't slept in days. And I need your help. I sleep with my eyes open, but yeah. Don't you sleep? Yes. So we just gotta find you as a ghost in a runaway room. I, yes, but would a ghost feel cramped? Maybe. It's a ghost. It doesn't have a form. But how I are mean, we gonna... Pardon, mate. You might hurt yourself again. Yeah, if you have claustrophobia when you're living, why wouldn't you have claustrophobia when you're dead? That doesn't change as a person except for the physicality of things. And on top of that, who knows? They're probably one of those trapped souls that don't even know that they're dead yet. So they see a cramped space, they probably still think they're alive. That just gave me a lot to think about that I'm not going to... I don't particularly like, but let's just... Let's get a move on. Also, Revy, do you want any jelly beans? This entire time, Revy has been stock still, <laughs> and I, uh, and at the mention of the word ghosts, oh. I, it's hard to tell with the grease paint, but he has paled significantly. Oh, oh no! Oh, that, that guy was wrong. You love jelly beans, but school. I think he's become the cowardly lion. Moldy's gonna step up hey, to, uh, there, to his uh, clown companion. Ghosts here? What is a ghost, really? It's hey, just, ghost? It's just, it's just no, no, a no, no. guy. It's no, just it's a just, guy. It's just a person. It's just a person. But either way, hey, but... I'm unsure if I'm supposed to scare you or reassure you. I'm gonna do both. This, this will boo great. Still working on that one. It's spelled correctly, at least. I liked it. 
feel like you might need to workshop it a little bit, but it's got good potential. I'll, I'll be over here. You <laughs> shush. He turns his head uh, to look over his shoulder again. Nobody there. So Ramon is just Thanks, looking dude. at all this. <laughs> okay. Should I be concerned about that one as she points to Moldy? <laughs> you know, maybe. We're all new, pretty much new to everybody in this crew, so we're all just wondering about each other's sanity. So, if anything, you're not alone when it comes to being concerned about someone. In the interim, Belladonna just leans down and is like, Hey, Revy, my guy, you gonna make it? You gonna be alright? You gonna be here with me? Of course I'm gonna be here with you, my guy. Now, come on. Now, here, here's what I'm gonna tell you. All right, we're going to go into this with a, a positive attitude and a sunny outlook, okay? And you're going to do great. And she just casts guidance on him in case anything happens in the next, like, what? How long does it last? A minute? No, if in the next 60 seconds something were to happen, what? he's covered. In D&D, push off. All right. Uh, okay, I feel better. You, you got this. Now, here. She's just going to hand you a singular jelly bean, but it's the most immaculate jelly bean you've ever seen. Like, perfectly made. She pulls it out of her magical munch box and just goes, here you go, my man. That's for you. Oh my goodness, I love it. And so, as you guys are doing all this, Ramona, so, does that mean you'll take on my little request? Yes. Absolutely. Ah, sweet all things sugar floss and all that is good in this world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As she's like continuously bowing to you. So, I don't remember where I left room nine, but a good place to start would be to explore all the rooms here and see if you can f maybe find clues or any whereabouts of where I might have left it here in this place. Oh, but you're gonna need these as she runs on over to the wooden counter and you can just see just give me a moment she bends down and starts like rushing through stuff and you just see various things being flown out as she's searching you like a rubber chicken you see one of those toy mallets kind of squeaking as they hit the floor you just see a giant bag of like french fries being thrown out to the place ah, here we go and she just puts a wooden box on the counter, you're gonna need these if you're gonna get into the rooms and search them. You, the one with the gun, still trying to get used to that. You can take this for your friends and just pushes the box towards your direction on the counter. I start walking to go and pick up the box, but in the back of Max's mind, I'm screaming, don't be a mimic. Don't be a mimic! <laughs> but on the outside, I'm all calm, cool. Oh, okay, no problem. Oh. Yes, at least it's not me. I'm, I'm not that strong. Okay, so, Max, you make your way to the counter, and you you pick up the box, and I'm assuming you take it back to the rest of your party. <laughs> yeah, I set it down uh, on a table that's next to the party, so we can all see what's, see what's up. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so as you lower the box to the ground so everyone can potentially see it, it is interesting because there is a cavalcade of different things in this box, an assortment of things that 
don't necessarily go together per se, but inside this box you see a variety of items. Inside this box, I will put this list <laughs> for you guys for your notes, but inside this box you see a gray space helmet, one of those big old party noisemakers. You also see like a ribbon of tickets, five yellow tickets and one single blue ticket. There's also a giant gummy snake, <laughs> like one of those ridiculously like pound gummy snake ones that you can buy on Amazon or at the fair that's just so long and so huge. You also find a lever that has an anchor stamped on it. You find an axe, and you also happen to find a regular brass key. I believe I will take the snake just in case. I find it funny that you're the one that picked the snake, mate. Uh, yeah, if, if these don't want to get that supposed person, does air quotes, this might work. We won't know until it happens. And this is the closest thing that will work with my strengths, so I'm gonna use it. <laughs> and on top of that, the axe, is it like one of those like foam or like a rubber toy axe, or is it like an axe axe? <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to the bugbear. That's going to our lovable bugbear. Oh my goodness. Dibs on the key. <laughs> I believe... I believe, only for the sake of this... We entrust the tickets to Belladonna. Yeah, I'll hold on to them. I feel like she, she, that she will not backstab us with this. And if she does, well, we found out the hard way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally trustworthy <laughs> at all times. I don't love pulling funny pranks and goof-em-ups. Not at all. Not me. I'm serious and responsible. She pulled out a tray of french fries from her lunchbox. She's got me, though. But, Pearl, don't you actually really like doing all that stuff? Yeah, I <laughs> do. That's, but that's the joke, Revy. Yes. That's why. I, yes, oh. I know that's the joke. Yeah, I know. It's a pretty I good one, right? It. Yeah, it's pretty good one, right? <laughs> I know. But the people who tricky always keep the money safe. Oh my god. Well, from... Can I take a closer look at the helmet? I've learned that from my uncle. Sure, Bax. So you take a closer look at this helmet. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's it's your standard astronaut space helmet. Oh, it's like an astronaut helmet. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that won't go with my entire. Oh my god. It would go great. <laughs> you should oh, want me to get rid of my sexy hat. No, just put your hat on top of the helmet. I totally do that. Oh my goodness. Okay. anything, just to be like, screw you, I would do that. But then after that, I just put my hat back in my pack. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Alright, with that being said, all of you guys are either given or take different items. Wolfie takes what's what did it get taken and just kind of he volunteers to take the rest of the box with you guys as you explore. Speaking of exploring, y'all are going to need this. So I'm going to give you the map that we're going to be using. So you're just click on the link and that will take you to where we're going to go. I'm gonna say this, the only two things which no one has is the lever and the noisemaker currently. Correct. But 
Wolfie dis- has volunteered to carry what didn't get taken as well as the actual box itself and carry it with you guys. Because <laughs> he's a lovable brute like that. I'll, All right. I'll yoink the noise maker too. I'd love to see it. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hostel. So, if you move your token around, you can edit it, you can change it, you can move it around a little bit, but now this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's explore the hostel. So, all of you are currently sitting in the lobby. Ramona is behind the desk, just getting stuff together and cleaning up a little bit after throwing everything around to get you these box of keys. So, in front of you guys see this velvet, red velvet kind of partition in the front, kind of covering what seems to be entrance to a hallway. So, Ramona looks at you and says, ah, this way. She walks around the desk. She goes to the partition and she slides it open for you. It's right this way. If you need anything, just please let me know. What else was I going to tell you? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, just take a look around. These are all the different rooms we have as potential for you to sleep in. So who knows? This actually will be good for you to take a look around, see if there's any rooms that tickle your fancy. But yeah, if you need anything or if you get confused or stuck, uh, just come to me. I'll be here in the lobby reorganizing stuff. And uh, yeah, but other than that, feel free. Oh, there's one other thing, though. So I don't want anyone to be alarmed, but there is potentially you may see a little uh, tiny clown robot on a one wheel kind of zooming around here. His name is Charlie. Charlie is one of our Hecnabots, and uh, should you need his assistance, he can actually help you out in case some of the rooms and their unwelcome surprises give you a little bruise or scrape here and there. But I don't think that will happen. You should be fine. I'm pretty sure I cleaned out all the monsters here. Or did I? No. Yes, I did. Or maybe well, I did it. Either way, we thank you for the heads up anyways, Ramona. Ooh, my pleasure. And she goes back to her desk and begins cleaning once again. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. So, the partition is now open, so... Behind the partition that you guys can see is a singular kind of hallway. And at the very end of said hallway, you can see a set of stairs. This is going to be interesting, but as a party, you guys can make your way down the hall. So uh, where would you like to go? Uh, the first room on the left there, the doorway, ain't it? Right mm -hmm. here. Okay, mm -hmm. so might as well, if... You guys don't mind? I would like to check out that first room. I would like to join you, but I would like to make a recommendation. Since you're a military guy, I would mm. like to I would like to do what the Navy SEALs do, where we clear a room. So you want me to pull out Grizzly out here? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I meant more like the tactics of it, like where one of us goes in, I know the other's saying. right behind but, uh, is the... So, as you approach this room, that this particular door is very aesthetically uh, interesting, to say the least. So, as the two of you approach this door, that this door is outlined completely around the threshold of this door. It is outlined with all a bunch of light bulbs. 
And right above the door, you just see this large on-air sign that lights up as you approach the door. What is this, like a recording room or something? I don't know. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and check uh, just check the, the doorknob to see if it's locked or not. So as you take a closer look at this door, that there is no doorknob. <laughs> However, at the very bottom of the door, you can see sort of ticket window there at the bottom of the door. Now we know what the tickets are for. Bella. Yeah. Uh, does it say what? kind of ticket is required, whether the, it requires red ticket, blue ticket, yellow ticket? No, it doesn't necessarily say what kind of tickets you need, but you can definitely tell that this is some ticket window if you were to give a ticket, like, to be admitted inside, like, a movie theater or something. I believe that we're gonna have to use your tickets now. Hold on. Right. If no one's opposed, I would like to clear, I would like for us to check the other three rooms first. That way, if by chance we find a couple more tickets, we're not already dipping into the allotment of tickets we were first given. We do have the five yellow and one blue already, but that is wiser. Let's see if let's see what the other rooms handle. Mikey, if I'm looking around this hallway, do any of the other doors have this same ticket slot? So you can see the door directly across from this on air, like showy showtime door and as you look across the way immediately you can definitely make out the door across the hall but you're gonna need to go down the hallway just a little bit more if you want to see the other two rooms and what they got going on i i do that Is okay it, what about the door from across the showway and does it have one of those things so we'll resolve this in order. So, Belladonna, uh, which room are you heading off towards as you continue down this hallway? Let's go with the... Let's go with this one right here. <laughs> All right, so the one on your right. Yes, please. Uh, so on this particular door, as you and Revy both approach this particular door, that this door is painted in brightly like it is painted with bright primary colors so like red oh. blue yellow and all that stuff and it is decorated with streamers with a balloon made from light bulbs in just the center of this door <gasps> wow pretty this one's incredible and do i see a ticket slot no there is no ticket slot but as you look at the door with all these streamers and these brightly painted door, as well as a balloon in the kind of being plastered in the shape of all these light bulbs, it seems like a good place if you wanted to be party hardy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what about it? You know what? Hey, who's got that noisemaker? I, I think I, I do. I'm hey, <laughs> my boy Moldy, get on over here. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> What do you say over there? Just a really cool door that doesn't require my precious tickets. So we're going to go party in here. You're welcome to like join us or whatever. Me and my boys, Moldy Vomit and Revy, the the Revy the Great. Don't, you know. don't forget there could be a monster in there. Well, then we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm always this is, up for a good party. This there is basically... 
This is basically, this is a future problem for... What? I, I, I think this room might be better. I mean, that room that you're at doesn't even have a door or knob. Don't Plus, there's a big this, old... Plus, there's that, that big old sign that says on air when it's clearly on the wall. Truly. True, true but that door also doesn't have a doorknob. Yeah, but you're clearly arguing with the brains of the operation, and Bella's just patting Revy's arm. Come on now. We we all know, we all see what's happening here. And we're gonna party hardy in this party room. Now, if party y'all wanna hardy go with or hardy party. party, am I right? Oh, there we go. I can't. <laughs> okay, so we have three of you in front of this party door. And, and Nicholas and Max, you're still in front of this on-air door. We're, we're, we're just seeing what happens. Okay, so... And Belladonna... I make my way over to the other side. To... And Revy's going to politely knock. <laughs> you're going to politely knock on the party door? Okay, so... Revy, as you knock on the door, there is no answer. Yeah, so after a couple seconds, there's no answer after you knock. <laughs> I don't think anyone's home. Maybe you should <laughs> tell them a knock-knock joke. I, but I knocked and no one said who was there. Ah, You might have to say knock-knock. My, my boy Multivarman, I thought you were showing up with that, that rattling noisemaker. And he, he worse the noisemaker in her face. Okay, so you're gonna whirl the you're gonna use the noisemaker and whirl it. <laughs> okay, in that case, Multi, I need you to make me a Constitution check, please. Yeah, let's go. Oh, brother, <laughs> this is gonna be good. Or <laughs> episode of uh, the session. <laughs> Only a saving, a saving throw word. Just a straight check. <laughs> so Constitution check. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So. As you are whirling this noisemaker around, for those of you that are in front of the door, you see that the lights of this balloon kind of sculpture start to light up. But as Multi is whirling this thing around, only about two or three of the light bulbs begin to light up before just dissipating and turning off. So it seems that Moldy is not too party hardy enough to open this door. Hell that, yeah! And be left either to Bella or Revy, because they're the partiest in the group. Oh, dang! Wait, I believe that you can let it loose more, though. Here, Bella Donna, why don't yeah. you try it? And I'm gonna give her uh, a bardic inspiration. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I okay. I really, I really I get that whole like arm crank thing going as fast as I can. Her whole body is like shaking with the effort to get this thing. Just oh my goodness, I love it. Okay, so same thing. Belladonna, go ahead and give me give me a Constitution, just a straight Constitution check. Constitution and what is inspiration? If I need it, is it a D four? It's a D6. D6, thank you. Okay, let's see, let's see. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not gonna use that inspiration yet. Uh, just straight constitution? Mm-hmm, just a straight constitution check. 16 plus 3, 19. Dang. <laughs> All right. You know what? I just, I, I need to know. So, Belladonna, describe how you are party with this noisemaker. 
Okay, so she starts out with just determination, thinking maybe it's just the rate at which she's spinning this noisemaker. But then the spirit takes her and she just starts screaming. And then she's just jumping in place, trying to get as much energy and momentum behind it as she can until eventually she trips over her own feet, goes falling down under the floor. But she's laughing like crazy. And completely winded. Oh my gosh, I love it. So, through this entire thing, as you are just getting into it, and as you have perfectly stated, the spirit takes you and just going full on crazy fun party time. (laughs) The balloon kind of sculpture with made out of light bulbs begin to light up again. And it just feels the party energy from you. So all the lights on this little sculpture light up and you all hear (laughs) as this balloon sculpture lights up, you just hear a coming from the door as if something or someone or just basically the door itself is now unlocked and magically a doorknob appears on the door. Let's go. I've done it. Alright, Revy's gonna pat her on the back as he picks her up. Oh, thanks, big guy. Oh, it really took it out of me. Here, take a seat for right now. Rest up. I think I partied too close to the sun. But it's nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh. (laughs) Someone partied too (laughs) hardy. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so now there is a doorknob in front of this party door. Revy's gonna open the door. (laughs) Ah, okay. As you open this door, you open it all the way, Revy, and I'm assuming you at least step into the door frame. (laughs) Uh, yes. Okay. So really quickly, to give a description of what this room looks like, so as you open the door, that in front of you inside is this nice 20 by 20 foot room. So basically a square, but eh, it's not all bad. So as you begin to step inside this room, there are a couple of things that you begin to notice. <laughs> Oops. I didn't mean to do that, but oh, beautiful. So as you step inside of this room, 20 by 20, so square room, but this whole entire room is just decorated with colorful banners and is just filled with dozens upon dozens of balloons on the ceiling, on the wall, on the floor, just balloons everywhere. And on top of that, you also see that there is a giant Hecna poster plastered on the wall and as you remember all the Hecna posters are animated so this one has an animated face just looking around and just doing a kind of crazy looking smile back and forth as this animated poster is going in the center of this room you just see that there are a lot of bunk beds which all have been stacked on top of one another to form like a tower As you look at each bed in this tower of bunk beds, that there's each bunk bed minus the very top one is only has very few feet of height in between to accommodate if anyone were to sleep in it. And as you enter the room, 
All of a sudden, you just from this kind of pile of balloons, you just see a bunch of revelers. So the people of the Revelia just come out. They're all holding this giant birthday cake. And as you enter the room, they stop in front of you with this cake and they begin to sing the happy birthday song to you. And of course, for copyright purposes, we can't sing it because we'll get copyrighted. <laughs> actually, it's in the public domain. No, it's actually in the public domain. Oh, in that case, then. So they <laughs> surround you. Oh, they so <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, yes, There's your Poland birthday song. Not copyrightable. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my goodness. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, so they surround you and they're like, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ravi. Happy birthday to you. And then just they pull out like the hand, like confetti makers and just pull the string with confetti flying all over you. And they're like, blow out the candles. It'd be rude not to blow out the candles on your own birthday cake. So he's going to. <laughs> and he's going to make a little wish. <laughs> Oh, man, now I have to know. So, Revy, I'm going to give you the choice. You can either say your wish out loud or you can message me that wish later. But the choice is up to you. <laughs> I'm going to message. Gore. Okay. So you make this little wish. So as the rest of you from the hallway are just looking in, you just witness this entire like birthday party scene just happen. And now as you're standing in the doorway... A couple of the revealers just come out for the room and they like gingerly take you guys inside to the party room where now suddenly there's like a giant table with plates and forks and just this birthday cake gets set in the center of it. And there's all kinds of other stuff. There's like a bowl of chips. There is some tortilla chips with some guacamole on the side. There's these round things that most of you have heard. It's called pizza for some reason as well. Not so, pizza. <laughs> so the revelers just take you in and they're like, come join us. Let's all celebrate Revy's birthday together. And they just start, they take a knife and start cutting the cake. Oh my gosh, Big Guy. You... I, I didn't know. Oh, what a better birthday surprise than a surprise birthday. Am I right? Wait, when is your birthday? Revy it... just starts looking at his fingers and kind of like doing calculations in his head. You just see like the numbers flying past him. Oh no, I think I'm broken. Springtime. And what time is it currently? I would say currently it's about the fall or so. You know what time it really is currently? Party so, time. So wait, if you're born in spring and it's currently the fall, what does that mean? As the revealers are hearing you say this, you're just Again, like... Again, he goes, he goes back into the confused calculations. This place is just weird. I'm just going to accept it at this rate. I'm going to try it at some points, but it's still weird. Here, have some cake. <laughs> As, like, one of the revelers dressed, like, in a clown costume just walks up to you, uh, Nicholas, and just hands you a piece of cake. I'm walking over to that room like, does somebody just sing a happy birthday? And one of the revealers just grabs you. Come on in. We're celebrating Revy's birthday and just yanks you inside the room. So as you guys. You just hear a quick. Nick, help. 
And as you say that, Nick's already in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was already in there. I was more outside the room, just like, like seeing what's happening. Just like that. Oh, my goodness. It, it, there's no deadly monsters. It, this room's fine. <laughs> For the current moment. Okay. The cake mimic shows up. What? There's no cake mimic. I would not dis defile cake like that. But in all seriousness, so you guys, for whatever reason, find yourself enjoying a birthday party. And then the kind of like the main person in charge of this pot party is like you is dressed in a Harlequin kind of outfit. And he walks over to the Griffin is like, we have one more piece of cake left. By any chance, are any of you named Scooter? No. No. Yeah, no, not me. The man who's trapped on the, on the floor. Not ninth floor, ninth room, buddy. Ninth room. I'm uh, sure it doesn't say scooter in my underwear. Last time I checked, at least. Oh my gosh. Maybe you should check again. What if it's changed? I'll I'll check now. Please hold. I'm going to the next room. I don't need to see this. So, as all of you tell this Harlequin that none of you are scooter, he's huh? That's a darn shame. He was just here not that long ago. He said that he likes to try out different rooms and that he would like to be a part of this birthday party when he came back. I assumed he was here with y'all, but if you see Scooter, tell him that celebrate a birthday with him next time. But I think that it is time to take our leave. So this group of revelers just leave the remnants of whatever the food is and the last piece of cake as well as like the napkins and plates and forks like that. And they all just shuffle their way out of the room and turn down the hallway and begin walking towards the exit. So you are left in this birthday party room with uh, just the worst thing that anybody can do at a birthday party is you just leave the guest of honor with all the cleanup duty. I would like to check the room across from on air. Okay, so you're gonna go back down the hallway. Or you're gonna check the door in front. <laughs> of yeah, for, across from the on air. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm walking back in the hall with him. So as you are walking and then I turn around, and be like, "Oh, and happy birthday, mate!" It means it's a belated birthday party. Oh my goodness! I like never. Oh my goodness. Okay. As you, Max, and you, Nicholas, walk out of the room to start heading towards the room across the on-air, you both hear just, like, the spinning of a singular wheel just coming from behind you. And as you two turn around, you two are knocked onto the floor by what appears to be this little automaton. And it's just like... Ah! and just crashes into you and as you two are knocked to the floor and this thing just spins out and just cartoonishly like skids himself it's just like Rrr. like his face just skids across the carpet until he comes to a full stop and just from muffled from the carpet oh, i'm gonna work on my brakes ramona should probably fix that when i'm done and kind of pops back up and turns to you oh oh uh my apologies as he just wheels on over are you two all right I've had worse luck. Yeah, it takes a little more than just falling onto a carpet to hurt us, but uh, uh, are you alright, little, uh, little, uh, little fella? Oh yeah, I'm totally fine. And he just salutes you, and as he does, you just see his little chest 
cat chassis just like explode with a couple of springs and things like popping out. Oh, hang on. And just starts pushing it back in. Get in there. Ah, there we go. And it closes it. All right. Now we're squared away. That's what's my own. Oh, so Ramon is still using that name. Yes, my name is Charlie. Still going by that name. What, do you have a different name that you prefer? It's a long story. And he begins to explain this long induced story of how his full name is like what a typical robot his name is. So Charlie is his nickname, but it's like C-H-R-L-1 kind of. And that's how he wants to. That's how he pronounces it. But Ramona calls him Charlie for short. (laughs) At least you're not called Charles. Oh, don't get me started on my cousin. And then he goes into a full-blown story about his cousin. You said that you're having uh, some issues with your brakes. Issue is one way of putting it, but uh, it's just I need a maintenance from time to time. And uh, Ramona's going to help me with that later. But I heard that there was a birthday party going on. Did I miss it? Unfortunately, I think you just missed it, little mate. Ah, fiddlesticks. Oh, maybe next time. DM, since I'm a tinkerer, since I had made my own guns, can I... Is there any way I can see, like, what might be wrong with his little brake systems or why his chest was exploding? Can I give him advantage also because of our backgrounds together? You have... That is an excellent point. We both made our equipment. Okay, so here's what I'll say to that. I will say, Max, since you want to figure out exactly the reasoning why Charlie here crashed and why stuff is exploding out of his chest, you are going to give me investigate. And because of the relationship you and Nicholas have in terms of your background and you do make your own equipment, I will say you get advantage on this roll. But Max, you are going to be the one. So remember, when you roll for advantage, roll your d20 twice and take the higher number. Okay, and uh, investigation, that is which one again? Is that the Oh, you mean... Or wisdom? So the investigation skill in 5th edition... Hold up, I have my notes here. Ah, I love it when I'm I plan... I'm trying to get used to everything, too. Investigation has to deal with your intelligence, but you have the individual investigation check, so you just roll, and then whatever your modifier is for that skill is you just add to it. Okay. Oh, okay. So that makes it simple. Okay, twice and take the higher. Correct. Thank God I had that advantage. That would be a total of 17. Okay. So that it will do it. So, Max, as you're taking a look at Charlie here, the reason you could deduce after investigating his wheel and his little chassis of course with consent as far as the wheel goes you notice that the reason that he had trouble stopping is that the tread on his tire seems to show signs of extreme wear and tear so like like a regular tire when it has no grip on it it doesn't necessarily have traction to the ground so he couldn't stop because charlie here his tire is like lost its tread almost completely so it's like rolling around with a slippery wheel all over the place. And then as far as his little chassis goes, as you take a look at the inner workings, you just see that Charlie here is the definition of put 
it's just like rubber bands and bobby pins like held together so the inner workings and mechanics of like gears and springs and things like that are being held basically by like duct tape up a couple pieces of gum some bobby pins and rubber bands so everything seems to be functioning but just once in a while everything just boing out of his chest so charlie's just like pushes it back in till it goes back into place but he shoddily made on the inside without the proper like actual metallic gears and things like that is just held together by bubble gum duct tape and desperation is there anything i can do right now to quote unquote patch him unfortunately you are able to figure out what he needs but you have don't have the tools or the materials to fix him right now. Okay, so saying, in that case, I was, pulls out a little notebook and writes down stuff that he needs. And, uh, you know, okay. actually I write down advice on what he needs. That way I can give Charlie a, a copy. So it's like if we're out and about doing something and he gets a chance to go to maintenance shed or whatever he needs, he's got a list of what he needs. Or if by some chance he loses it, I have a copy. Okay. So you give a copy to Charlie. <laughs> okay. So as you give this copy to Charlie, he's, ooh, thank you. I'll make sure to remember that. So he takes the piece of paper, he opens his mouth and he sticks it in and you just see the little eyes sockets on Charlie just begin to like display like numbers and like a loading screen, like the loading bars and just from out of nowhere from Charlie, though not in his voice, you just hear, uploading to database it's like estimate time five minutes and then after a couple seconds 10 minutes 30 minutes and then it just continues to fluctuate but after a couple minutes it's like information uploaded successfully and charlie quote unquote blinks as a kind of mechanical contraption can and it's just okay now i have it stored in my memory glad i can help you mate appreciate it what are you doing here? Finding someone and looking for the ninth room. Anyone in particular? The man uh, who's trapped in, in the walls. But uh, Ramona said that uh, she keeps hearing like screaming or moaning coming from somewhere in this uh-huh. building, and she says she uh-huh. lost uh, what was it? Like the uh, the ninth room, I believe. Yes, just... I don't know how you lose a room, but logic <laughs> is not part of this land. Oh, so you're here to help Ramona. Oh, cool. I wonder where room nine could be. Huh. Oh, if you're, if you accepted her request, then I guess you're checking out all the rooms then, huh? Yes. So hmm. anyway, you can help us out with that. As he looks around. I, I don't know too much about the first floor, only because I usually don't spend a lot of time here and... My memory resets every morning, but that's fine. So, but usually I'm on the second floor, so I, if you come to the second floor later, just stop by sometime and I can help you out. But it seems that you have a couple more rooms here. Oh, one more thing. And Charlie once again opens his little chassis, but instead of where all the stuff was that popped out, like a second hidden compartment underneath that, as he opens it up, and he hands you, Max, like this small little vial of this green liquid and says, if you ever get in a scrape and you hurt yourself, just down this right out and uh, you will be as good as new. And today's flavor is sour green apple. 
you tell me this tastes like sour green apple. At least today it is, but only take it when you are in a bind and you get hurt. Because if you just down it while it'll be tasty, it won't do much right now. Understood, mate. And I appreciate it. Of course, you helped me out, so I'll give this one on the house. And if you ever need any more, just come see me and I can dispense some for a price. <laughs> Understood. And uh, before you go, Charlie, that room over there that's got that little uh, ticket slot. Can you tell me what exactly is it that we need? Like, how many of what ticket we need? You just need... And he thinks about it. Ramona gave you the box, right? Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind then of tapped the, the helmet that I'm wearing. <laughs> I guess I can provide it up so he can actually see me. So I have, I have the giant gummy stick just wrapped around me. <laughs> oh my! I'm just imagining like a fucking yeah, bullet situation. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. But Charlie looks at it. It's oh okay. So Ramona gave you the box of keys. Now for that particular door, as he points with his little finger over to the on-air door, there should have been some tickets in there. So a couple yellow ones and a, a blue ticket. So to get into the room, you just need to put in the tickets. And the ticket person, once all the tickets are accounted for, will let you in and show you to your seats. Oh, so that's it's like a, a little cinema in there. Well... That's not say more like a stage play, but... Or to each theoretically, like some sort of theater. Yeah, not yes. I wouldn't want to ruin the surprise. I'll let y'all figure. I'll let you experience that once you go in. But yeah, if you ever find yourself at the second uh, floor, just come stop by and I can help you out. But until then, I gotta finish cleaning up. The last couple of guests left a mess on the second floor. I will see y'all later. And Charlie turns around and zips on back down the hallway up the stairs. And you just hear from the second floor, not again, as you just hear a big old crash. I'm okay. I was gonna say, okay. before he leaves, I just stick my fist out there for a little fist bump. He gives you a little fist bump and then goes back upstairs and crashes back. To <laughs> We're finally gonna check out the store, right? And I think Bella's gonna hate having to put up with those new tickets she got. Oh, yes, she will. You know what? I'll go ask her. Because. Uh, but th we literally have a door right across the way, right here. I mean, we have a door. Yeah, but also, she's right there, so might as well go ahead and get the tickets. Then we can go to the other door. She's not gonna. Okay. Okay, go check that door. Because. Her and our bugbear uh, bug friend over there is having the time of their life eating cake. We'll check this door out. Then we'll ask him. I, I just don't think she's going to give up the tickets. That's why I gave them to her. You're not a very trustworthy person, are you? I gave her the tickets to as a show of trust. I just slap him on the shoulder. Yeah, come on. We got, All right. We got to investigate. So, while everyone is finishing this birthday party, the two of you are going to investigate the door across from the on-air sign. Okay. So, as you two approach this door, splitting the party. <laughs> Wait, is it the one across from the on-air sign, or the one straight across from the party room? I thought, I, I, I thought we were doing the one across from on-air. Yep, that is oh. exactly what you said, so that's exactly what we gonna do. So, you two end up in front of this door across the hall from the on-air door. And this particular door is just very standard. There is, it is a metallic door that is circular, and it is made completely of iron. 
Max, you're currently wearing the space helmet. Yes. And so as the two of you approach this door, a small beam of light just begins to scan you two. And you just hear somewhere from the door, it's just like processing, processing. And as the light continues to scan you, Max, the light then suddenly turns green. It's like access granted. Welcome back, Captain. As the door just opens up like a futuristic space door, spaceship door would open. It's like, welcome back. Exactly. It's like, welcome back, Captain. Bloody hell, I got a promotion. Well, yeah, I was going to say, no, you're a captain now. But you stole the words out of my mouth. Okay, so with the door open, I'm assuming you are going inside. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. We're we're, we're coloring each other. Oh, shit. Sorry, nice. Okay. So as you two step into this room is circular in shape, and it is painted with somewhat close to pitch black walls, floors, and ceiling, only being punctuated by the glimmering outlines and figures of stars and galaxies that occasionally appear all over the walls and bringing some light into this room. As you take a further look at all the different stars, some of them start to form a constellation mimicking one of Hecna's posters. So Hecna's face is turned into a constellation from time to time. His face just as animated in the stars as on a regular Hecna poster that you have seen so far. But as you two walk in, you start to feel yourself become a little bouncy. And as you move into the room, you find that there is a lack of gravity in some sort of way. It's a zero G room. So there's a little bit of gravity, but it's a little less. But at the same time, you find yourself somewhat floating and being a lot more light as you move around the room. Is there anything else other than the like the little constellations in it? Is there anything else in the room? Go ahead and make me a perception check, please. Perception. Okay. I'm looking to see if I have any pluses to that. Yes, okay. Terrible. That is a seven. No, you don't nor- notice anything out of the ordinary. I'm just too busy bouncing across the room. Just me You're like, wee! Can I try making the roll? Okay, if you want to make the perception check as well, you may t- try to do... I- I've got better perception than this man. Doesn't mean I'm going to succeed. <laughs> no, no, this dice, I'm going to roll an 11. Bro, we talked about this. Like, you got to leave the dice jail dice alone. That's 20. Natural or dirty? Dirty. I have a plus five. I got 15. Nice. Okay. So as you take a look, so as Max over here is just like weeing about the room, just bouncing around because of the lack of gravity. Nicholas, you notice that you spot part of the room. There is a constellation, but it looks a little bit different than the rest of them that are forming around the room and as you take a closer look at this uh constellation you start to see it beginning to move and and as you say that this constellation then comes off the wall and upon closer expect expect the inspection 
as it begins to pry itself off the wall, you notice that this constellation now in full view is just like a singular kind of snake-like creature where oddly each part of its body looks like to be made of like popcorn kernels. So think about what happens when you take a centipede, but like its body is just made of individual like popped popcorn kernels and just this giant like circular maw with like sharp razor teeth. And you just hear this loud, like this large hiss kind of as it gets closer to the two of you going. And that is where we're going to end tonight's episode. Oh, shite. So, just for a frame of reference, you two have just encountered one of the first creations from the Revelia. This is known as a popcorn swarm. My friend, we will eat well tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness. I cannot wait. It's going to be exciting next time. But that is going to conclude tonight's episode. To all of you that have stuck with us listening to tonight's episode, thank you so much for seeing this all the way through. When we come back next time, we're going to have our first somewhat fight in Hecna. And of course, our two best friends are going to be going up against a popcorn swarm. Will they succeed? Will they hilariously fail? You're going to have to tune in to find out. So, as always... From us here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, remember everyone, make sure to love one another, take care of each other, and as always, let the good times roll. Until next episode, see you later. Bye.